Hello and welcome to Royale Without Cheese, our bi-weekly podcast in which we discuss both the classic and the unknown of Hollywood and foreign cinema from the then and now. We are your hosts, Meet, Mascherera, Miguel Aido. Hello there, it's getting chilly. It is, it is. And Leonardo Miranda. Brr, so cold. Brr. Turn up the thermostat. <laughs> Chilly Scenes of Winter is a 1979 American romantic comedy film written and directed by Joan Mickman Silver and starring John Hurt and Mary Beth Hurt. Based on the 1976 novel of the same name by Anne Betty, it follows a civil servant worker in Salt Lake City who falls in love with a recently separated woman who works in his office building. Filmed on location in Salt Lake City, it was released by United Artists in October 1979 under the alternate title Head Over Heels and promoted as a light-hearted romantic comedy, much to the disapproval of director Silver. However, did this chilly film come up any warmer with Royale Without Cheesers? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Very warmy. <laughs> yes, one word. Lovely. 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 Yeah, it is lovely. Sweet, lovely. Very, <laughs> very no, endearing would, romantic comedy. I, with I wouldn't describe it that way. I wouldn't describe mm. it that way. It's not. What do you describe it? It's that lovely way? in the sense that it's a great film, mm-hmm. but it's like also very. The portrayal of the main character is like one of the most honest portrayals of a. Of a, a guy in a romantic comedy. Oh yes, like the typical, I agree com- completely with that. Yeah. In a most like direct, in a cynical way. So yeah. that's why I, think, I wouldn't I think describe it's lovely it as in its lovely. humor. That's what, yeah, at yeah, least exactly. that's what I tend exactly. to, to mean. I, yeah. Because when you say lovely about the romantic comedy like Not, this, the then you think like, oh, quite... it's great, they're great together, <laughs> I love them. <laughs> it's like they Let's are... Let's be clear, they're... he is a suicide bomber, okay? And I don't <laughs> agree with his policy. The bad so. guy. <laughs> yeah. But th- there's redeeming qualities, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he's also a piece of shit. I mean, that's obvious. <laughs> I mean, he says, "I'm gonna rape you. Like, I'm gonna beat you up." It's not. <laughs> it's like not even. But I, I do think like those she, were jokes. Those were just gotta, jokes. Gotta understand. You know, gotta understand, understand. You know, a little joke about <laughs> doing that. But I think like Joan uh, includes those details about the character yeah. very intelligently throughout the film. Mm. To you know, it's not. Immediately from the get-go, you're like, oh, this guy sucks. He's horrible. It's more Wait, she gradually. doesn't do it very intelligently. That's what you mean. No, I did. Very intelligent. Ah, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very intelligent. Like, it's not from the get-go, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not on yeah. this guy's side. It's more gradually yeah. you understand, ah, come on, man. You're you're, you're really stupid. You're being I weird. mean, from, from the beginning, you understand that <laughs> his obsession with her is unhealthy. Uh, and from the beginning, like, you understand that the way he approaches her you know, can go either way. You can either say, oh, okay, he's being like, ooh, flirty and all that, but it's also inappropriate in the moment and it's not sure yeah, yeah. whether she's really into it or she's just like playing it safe. You know, she doesn't want to create a confrontation there. Um, in the but beginning, then gradually, when they well, meet? Yeah, 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 exactly. But then you also understand she is interested in him and by the end, like, she does like him. She loves him, clearly. She has an interest in him. I think that's also the complication of the film. Like, it's not just he's obsessed with her and she hates him and he's a stalker. It's there's that nuance of she does like him, probably shouldn't, but she does. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, the, but the poster says itself. I mean, Charles is a weird person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is. So, I mean. We're told from the beginning. <laughs> so, if you take that all in, I think it. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like, it's, I totally understand that he has quite questionable traits and he says quite questionable things. But I think what what's so interesting about it, even when he says the questionable things, you're like, huh, that's a, 
He makes I it mean, sound. What should nice. I feel about? What should I feel about? Even I am like like uh, Laura. Like uh, that was a. Uh, That's I don't what know the quite film, how to react. Yeah, the film puts the audience in the same position yeah. as her. It's like it's not like you can react like. Oh my God! How dare you to, to yeah. make a joke about rape? It's it's it, it's kind of like you feel ambivalent about it. He says I mean, it with no, such a humor. The rape one, I wouldn't go. I mean, I, I feel ambivalent about it because I think that of course it is. No, but I think I would never say it. I'm not saying that that's normal, but I'm saying that the way that it's filmed, the way that the actor, I think there's a strange ambiguity about it. So I'm saying, of I course, mean, she leaves okay. immediately after, like immediately after. Leaves, cut, yeah, but they were it, having a fight. So I'm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but that's the end of the, like, the moments, you know. When he says, I'm going to rape you, it cuts to her, you know, having left and them talking about that. But to me, that okay. line seems like his version of, I'm really upset, I'm going to go crazy yeah, on you. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, think exactly. he means it. I think he's being playful, in, but in the wrong way. Like, you shouldn't say that anyway, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, but, but that's hence the, the ambivalence. It's, but that's it's exactly... weird because it's playful. Because, but at the same time, it, you shouldn't say that because it's too much. Why would you say that in the first I mean, place? It depends on what you yeah. mean by ambivalence. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's I'm not very. Saying that rape is okay. <laughs> I know. That's I know. what I'm saying. I'm saying that, too much. What the hell are you? What saying, the hell are you man? saying, man? I don't think it's. I I get what you mean. I'm in just the saying sense it's that the, the tone of the film where the in the terms of the tone and the acting of the characters. In saying these very you know, questionable lines, it is just interesting how they come up. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's clearly in a humor that makes you feel like it makes you laugh about it. Strangely, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no, I agree with and that. All the but while, I you know, it's but I think it's, it reveals about the character. And it but it shows reveals that he's a, all the while it reveals about the character. Yes, like yes. the fact that even if it's just a joke and he's never going to do it. Yes, like yes the fact yes, that he threatens I mean. her with that and says that to to like establish something between them. Like he's revealing of the way he sees her as a, a an object of desire yes. and as a possession, something that he yeah. owns. I'm just saying that in in a lesser film, perhaps you know uh, that line we played has, "I am going to rape you," and that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. or the opposite. I don't know. Would be just just be a joke and flip it yeah. and joke, but here it kind of lives in in midway. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's why I find interesting. And consistently, I guess. I guess. I guess. But and I, consistently, the character has this irony that is very dry and questionable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, that's and, the thing. He's very, uh, you know, he has this sort of dry humor that is, mm-hmm. you know, for me, the much more divisive scene was the one where he jumps into bed and starts holding her because that that felt weird. Yeah. <laughs> it felt but much that more was, out of character. But that was before the rape choke, right? That's why I think Directly the rape. Before, uh, I'm not sure. A was bit it? before, yeah. Then he throws the ball, the eight yeah. ball in, in there, which, which is, yeah. which is the, the most interesting physical aggression that I've ever seen on screen after a, a rape line. <laughs> it's so strange. Things can go even weirder with this guy, and you don't feel, you don't know what's the level of trust. He waits outside her house with, with her car, you know, drinking, you know. It's kind of, he's a weird dude. I mean, yeah, he's effectively uh, a stalker, essentially. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, you know, she never quite establishes, she never gives him a yes or no and never quite establishes what is the nature of their relationship. What I find interesting but is that... Apart from it, she, she incites him much, much... Yeah, and, and it's never like... <laughs> and even there's a distinction between what her husband makes her feel and what he makes her feel. I mean, he, Charles, you know, because when they are at the house, she generally laughs at her jokes. And I think that's quite... The beginning where you can't see the distinction between 
these two dudes who are like lukewarm dudes, you know, because there's no, never something that she says or that Charles says that denigrates her husband. Her husband is never, oh, he's an abuser, oh, he's horrible because of it. There's never quite a reason. So you never quite understand for the longest time why did you leave him? Why you are with Charles? What is happening with his husband? So the very first time you kind of have a sense of why he may be uninteresting to her is that Charles holds something of a charisma that her husband doesn't have. Mm -hmm. He's too straightforward, perhaps. Okay, now I start to get something of a light here of why she may prefer Charles, but at the same time, we understand why she now may prefer Charles because it would never work. Charles is very obsessed, always with her, 24-7. You know, he doesn't have anything else. And at the same time, really, that's what makes you pity him. It's part of one of the redeemable, redeemable qualities because he has so much going on in his life with his mother being this like crazy, always seeking attention with, you know, the, the stress that she had in, in, in her life. I think that, you know, his father, I don't know if his father died or something, remember. Charles' father. And now he has a stepfather. I read that somewhere. And I didn't quite catch that on on the film, really. But um, there's something that is behind her craziness, you know, with, behind the line that he says, you know, I think she prefers to go crazy because it's easier that way. Because maybe there is some kind of trauma there that wasn't quite well explained. But uh, yeah, there's certainly elements that make you feel empathetic towards him and, and pity him and make you like, feel like... This guy would be cool in a conversation, but I don't know for how long it would be. <laughs> but at the same time, he makes it out to be like like he's got an even worse life than than he actually has because mm. because he has that scene where he's kind of venting with this uh, chocolate guy, uh, yeah, the, the blind guy, mm-hmm. and he goes That's through all. That's one of my favorite this... scenes. One of yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. scenes of repeating over the film. And yeah. this scene, he goes through all his dramas of his life. I mean, one of them is like the fact that his stepfather wants him to go dancing or something. Yeah, that's dancing. not a problem. Who like, like, cares, just... man? <laughs> it's just one of those little stresses of life. I don't want to do this, so I kind of I'm going to spew about it. And he makes it out to be an even bigger problem then. Mm-hmm. And then he has that thing with the the boss's son with with the sexual <laughs> that's advice. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> that Chinese Joplin thing really helped. Do you have any more advice with these sexual arousal problems? <laughs> so it's like Sorry. he's not as hip as you think he is, you know. <laughs> that's that's what he says. Um, but I think John Hurd is quickly becoming one of my favorite actors of the '80s. I mean, this is a '79 film, but yeah. you know, I, the other film I've seen from his Cutter's Way, and he's always has a an unhinged edge, unhinged edge to him, you know, in his characters. It's very charming. Yeah. It's very charming yeah, and very interesting. It's what He's makes the character work. Is the fact yeah. that the actor brings a, a real charm to him. That makes it like if he was just bad, like from the get go, and you just didn't relate yeah. any like sort of human quality to him. He was just a, a stalker, yeah. a horrible person. Because with no it's good as it is, so you have yeah. to, to yeah, hold the part it. which is. Which he's is very good. good with humor and he's very good with, with his spontaneity as an actor. You can see this quite improvisation in what you know they are doing as actors. And there is a richness as well in the supporting actors. Uh, you know, the, his friend that lives with him at the house and how he uh, yeah, riffs with great. him when they are at the house of the husband. Uh, it's, it's quite strange and odd character, you know, who is unemployed and sells jackets. Yeah. You Peter, Peter Reigert is the actor. Uh-huh. Really good. You know, yeah, he also shows up movies. in other... Uh, in another Joan Micklin Silver film, Crossing mm-hmm. the Lands, he's like the one of the the main romantic interest. And John Hurd Which also one? shows up, Crossing the Lands, which no, 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 is, the, uh, the, the actor the is Peter 
Pete, it's no, Sam. Sam. Ah, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sam. Sam reminds me so much of like a Woody Allen character. Yeah. The I mean, the character. film is like sort of in that vein. Yeah, sort yeah. of a version of Annie L. Uh-huh. Annie Hall that is more like a bit more critical of the the male character. And and like the romanticism of, you know, loving relationships, you know, I think that he has in his head. I think it's an incredible film just from the standpoint as well of how it puts you in the point of view of his protagonist and it plays with the idea of daydreaming in the office, at home, on the street, by the phone, you know, it, and, and the cuts that they make through the reality and the daydreaming, you know, it's just so seamless. You feel like you're entering the dream and you don't even notice that you're entering the, the dream, which is really a reflection of the past. Which is such a weird position, or he's he's inviting this, he's going to her home that's completely empty. How they comment about the home being empty, you know, while she's away from her husband is very rich in, in humor and the banter between them. And then he he makes this weird invitation of, oh, come to my house. There's nothing, you know, implied in this request. You know, I just want you to come there. There's a room aside, you know, and she, you know, the, the, how it evolves with just a simple idea of him gifting a chair to her that is my chair. No, no, you give, you give this chair to me. It's in my apartment, so it's my chair. You know, they're able to build upon very little mundane things in their dialogue. It just makes it so very much rich and natural that uh, that's the attraction in the film. Um, and you can relate just the fact, you know, with this sentiment of him of love and, uh, and the spurring of a passion for somebody else. Because we've kind of all gone through it in a way, you know, you start daydreaming about the person and it doesn't stick and doesn't let go. And it just happens everywhere. The office, you know, your home, you know, and it doesn't let go. And it can become, in a way, passion, early passion, in an obsession. He just lets he lets it go too far off, you know, <laughs> in his way. But uh, yeah, it's Rookie. he's a very interesting character, Calm. and I like how the voiceover, in that sense of the passion and the obsessiveness of the passion, plays over when whenever he meets the salesman, because the salesman always asks that you know objective question of what do you have, you know, what do you want, you know, what do you want to buy, and he's always like. I want Laura. <laughs> and it's a voice you hear in his head, you know, it com- makes everything completely intimate in terms of the soundscape together with the images that you see the flashbacks of their past together when for two months everything was fine away from the husband. So uh, that has a joke, a running joke is uh, interesting, I think, you know, it has something of the blind man is completely objective, but this guy who has eyes, you know, is not objective at all. He's sunken up in his what he feels about this woman and elevates her so much. That's something that happens, you know, whether you're obsessive, you know, or stalker level or not, you know, passion does that to you. You, become, you elevate the person to a pedestal that she cannot, you know, relate to you anymore sometimes. You know, you're, you're putting her or him in an impossible position that it just becomes distressful and annoying. That's, I think that's what becomes the end point of their relationship in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that blind man is interesting because you even can tell that the guy, that Charles didn't sleep at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. when he comes to buy candy it's like how can he figure this out and then he goes oh yeah yeah, yeah. i thought i was having a nervous breakdown i'm gonna go to sleep <laughs> yeah you and know, this, and what, this you, blind guy is yeah no he's, he's up to something the wise man <laughs> um you compare the film or you may or reminded you of woody allen both of you to me i don't know i think i don't know why but in a small way it, i connected more with the apartment just because of uh, the idea of the work environment at the love affair that yeah, spurs well, from yeah. the work environment. I find that you know, romantic comedies that happen in work environments and have that, you know, play with between the work environment and daily life and love affairs in workplaces. And what's that film? It's always Office very space. interesting. Hmm? Office, Office space. space. 
That's more of a straight up comedy. Yeah, nineties film. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another one. I never seen it. Seen bits and, and bo- uh, bits and pieces of it, but uh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, that's it's I've very much that. an office space film, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, some you know I like like romantic comedies that go there. You know, there's something about the workplace and these more intimate things happening in it. The contrast between the two that makes it interesting. And uh, yeah, I love the scene where they first meet. Then he immediately has a smile on his face the moment he sees her, and they're just kind of going around this filing cabinet, this huge filing cabinet, <laughs> where they just go up the stairs, and he has the nerve to come back. And tried to ask her out. I'm like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm like, it was my thought, like, this is weird. And the fact that she's so nonchalant about it, like, oh, you're back. Like, you're back. You know, she Already? just came up, up, you know, like, up your back and you're turning. She's mid in, in the It was sad position. in her marriage, man. It was, it was sad, sure. Yeah, her cars, you know, but it was just a position. You know, he goes up the stairs. Boom. <laughs> it's, the, it's the awkward position to be in like you turn around you are up, up the stairs and you have a guy there like what the fuck are you doing here <laughs> like, it's so weird it makes it all the more funny as well and the, and the fact that he disregards balls. you know he disregards betty who is there for him and she's always coming up with what do you want for the hors d'oeuvres hors d'oeuvres <laughs> what do you want for the <laughs> no, yeah that, she was a bit the one. the cliche character of the the one you know, that, that is that gets ignored yeah yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's cliched, but because it, the film is so critical of him, it yeah, makes like defects. the cliche, it makes sense. Whereas in mm-hmm. a normal film... I mean, cliches make sense. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, in, normally the these romantic comedies, you see it a lot. Like this character, the Betty character would be played only for laughs and you, would, you wouldn't even reflect about the fact that he's being so shitty to her. It's just like, oh, this annoying person is interested in him. Yeah. Isn't that uh, funny? But here it's more like, why... Like, you don't respect her, man. You, like, yeah, and it's, you, you and it's actively so something that he asked from her. Or that, you know, this this little party we're going to make, you know, he sees she's interested and, and she's completely, you know, shooing her off. Like, and, when, yeah. and whenever he asks her again, it's like shooing her off again and taking advantage of her to get back to Laura. But like, the, get yeah, it the through scene your thick skull, man. Where she <laughs> mentions that she, she had dinner with Laura and suddenly you see the change in him. He's like, wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Always after her. You know, at Laura, the same time, Laura, she's Laura. like super, she's a bit delusional. She's like, oh, he's a bit interested in me now. It's like, come on, girl, do better, yeah, yeah, do yeah. better. Pick it up. And she never <laughs> eats and grab how she never picks, picks up that he likes Laura. You know, it's like, oh, you're interested in our nerves? <laughs> it's, <Our nerves? laughs> it's like, yeah. You know, but uh, she has a happy ending with Sam, Betty. I yeah. Mean, they're yeah. good. Better for, off. Yeah, but I mean, the better that's, guy. He's that's better not going to work. <laughs> yeah, probably gonna, not. Probably will. I mean, she's like delusional enough and he's like unemployed and a loser. It seems I think it'll work out. It's a good match, okay, right? Yeah, within the within the the, the <laughs> chaos of those two people. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I think they'll make it work. They're still together to this day. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lauren and, and Charles. Charles Charles are not. Are not. What what did you think of the way it ends? The the running and then just right. ends. I mean, now that I think about it. Because, because I, I mean, when I was watching the film, I didn't really get this much sense of his weirdness. But now mm-hmm. that we're talking about it, and <laughs> and yeah, he goes through his house, he, he's talking her, he does that Remi- thing. And, reminded I me mean, of uh, Varda's film Le Bonheur, in the sense. Yeah, 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 right. That makes sense. I'm re I'm rewatching it in my head, and clearly, yeah, he's got something going, which is a bit much. And, and so it kind of makes sense for me that the film ends with with him. 
doing something goofy again but yeah. especially the fact that they don't end, end up together mm-hmm. so for me i think the film ends quite nicely yeah it and makes if sense if they added up together it would be too much of a gift wrapping you know giving and you know kind of yeah. satisfying the protagonist but the thing is what i found more int- most interesting is that yet again she doesn't give a response and at least he has the bravery to say okay this is over and this, weirdly so, I think this is part of one of the redeeming ends of the characters, that at least he has some consciousness of when, the, of when it's over, even despite she doesn't give the clear answer. And so him running aimlessly outside, it's just how the character is, you know? I think he says a beautiful line that, you know, has it gone past? Yes. Is it over? Yes. But it still hurts, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, he's not... Uh, there's there's difficult aspects to his character. There's questionable things to him, but at the same time, you, you do get the humanity behind him, and he's not the worst of people. I think you know uh, he has some empathizing qualities, and him him running aimlessly is that thing. Will, will he ever like find love? Will he ever find? Hmm? I don't know. In the very beginning of that scene with the running, it almost seems like he's going back to her, but then. Ah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's an interesting take. That's an you interesting kind of realize that, it, that it's not yeah, doing it, yeah, that it's yeah, doing something yeah, else. Yeah. But it's yeah, interesting you know, that in, duality. He's in this constant limbo of, of will he ever kind of spur something new in his life beyond what he has? You know, he's constantly... I get it that, you know, it's a burden to have this mother that's so complicated, this stepfather you don't relate to, and then he feels an emptiness in his life, and he wants to find someone that can can feel that. He's just, you know, he's doing it in the, the wrong sort of ways, and... Uh, that's how the film ends, you know, with his, with that question of will he ever. Um, yeah. And I think he's one of the most interesting characters I've ever seen in a comedy and otherwise. R- regarding his defects, the way his defects are portrayed and how they come up, it's not clean. You feel, uh, you know, in his jokes, in his humor, that is difficult because you laugh at them and you can think, maybe I should take this as a joke, but maybe I shouldn't take this as a joke, <laughs> you know? So there's, in that sense, there's that ambivalence where at deep down you see there's something wrong and you understand why she gets away from him. But at the same time, uh, there's that opening for, uh, yeah, it's humor, but, you know, it's, it's, there's a grayish zone as I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regarding such harsh lines as rape and beating you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and that crazy zone also in terms of whether you root for him or not or for them together. Yeah. I mean it's kind of strange how you navigate between these as a as a viewer, just wanting them or not together. It's interesting, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the film ends the way that does kind of makes you appreciate that Joan kind of knew what she, what she was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah, everything yeah. was kind of thought out very carefully and uh, ultimately it was a very nice well told script, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. It would make sense, I think. I think, I think, oh, yeah, ending yeah. another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. in that, like in, in what you were speaking, like I want, I, I like both characters in this. Like, obviously, the Charles not a good, not a good person, but I mean, there's lots of bad people that can be better and can improve, and he's not like so much of a horrible human being that I think he's irredeemable i think the central question is that i want the best for both of them throughout the film and i think that together it won't work out and that's what makes the film interesting is that yes yes. you like you want the characters to be happy but he wants to be with her and she even wants kind of to be with him but they shouldn't and clearly it won't work out this huge miscommunication or lack of it (laughs) it should have gone you know in the very beginning of the situation because it doesn't really say yes or no um, and precisely because there is that liking that she still kind of clings on to him even after she returns to the husband because she then leaves him again and that opens another possibility for the poor guy and then uh, yeah 
uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. In, in, and in the, I mean, in the original sense. ending of the original, the ending that the studio put, uh, they ended up together. That was the that was the mistake. Obviously, it's what Miguel Typical was studio. saying. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. Miguel was saying. Like the film, like the way it's built, it it needs to end the way it ends now. Even I, although I don't absolutely love the ending, I feel like it could be stronger. That could be a, a, a better yeah. way. I don't know to wrap it wrap it up, but it makes more sense than them ending up together because yeah. then everything we saw it sort of gets reinforced instead of criticized, which I think is the the point that uh, the director. Would you rather end with some kind of sense of hope to him? I think it like ends with, another... a, with enough hope for him, and oh, yeah? like the running is like a physical act, running forward. He stops, yeah. So there's that ambiguity of. Is he he's gonna keep moving forward or not? But, but I find it's a interesting bit, yeah, that you yeah. feel hope. I don't know. I feel both. I think it's ambiguous. That's the point. It's like to not be sure, because clearly, yeah, he's still obsessed with her. I don't know. Like when he says, "I'm gonna leave. I'm leaving now," uh, where he's supposedly it's like it's more of a statement. He's taking a firm position. Finally, uh, I don't. I don't really buy it. It's like you're still gonna gonna be obsessed with her it feels to me because of what we saw with the character especially because on her on her side it seems like things are open too i mean it's not like she has a d definitive exactly. situation and yeah that's the problem yeah well, whereas when she was married possibly. or back together with her husband he never gave up so it feels like now he wouldn't give up for sure now that's like mm. it's much more possible but yeah that's interesting it's a yeah it's a great character like to think about very mm -hmm. fascinating and it's like again the reason he works as a character is because he's believable it's like he's not a great person he's a bad guy like misogynist clearly has a lot of problems with women that stem from his mother i think that's like sort of what the the film is getting at but it's sort of at the same time you're like these people exist like guys like this exist what like the fact that she's reflecting about a character in, in in a film like this, like a romantic comedy, it's like it's great because usually these comedies reinforce these types of behaviors mm -hmm. instead of you know reflecting about them and criticizing them and thinking like why. And it's a female director on a on a male on a male protagonist, which I find you know mm -hmm. also interesting. I think he portrays that type very well. You know, I think she doesn't shy away from giving him redeemable qualities and things that make exactly. latch onto him and, and think, well, this would be interesting to have a conversation with this guy, but at the same time, question him. Um, yeah. yeah. And the same thing with her, I think. I mean, she's not a simple person. Yeah, exactly. She's yes, complicated yes. too. Clear mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find very interesting the relationship that he has with his stepfather. He has little, these little scenes, little moments that are just so spontaneous and out of the blue. You do not expect, you don't, you don't expect how this will fit in the story. But the gifts, she gives such a gravitas with these moments that I find that they are two lost souls as men, in a way. But one is more um, organized than the other, like the stepfather finds some happiness in his loony way with his, with his loony other person, while he's completely, him, him uh, Charles, you know, he can't seem to, let's say, lighten up or ease up, you know, he's always, he needs to be this way, he need, I need to get this one, you know. And I think more than that, it's just almost his inability not to love someone without it being an obsession, which mm. is kind of an interesting idea. But it's like, I mean, you, you don't know for sure, but it seems like the film kind of tells you that that is this person. And uh, 
kind of makes you wonder how he's going to find someone else without developing a really strong Another obsession. obsession. Mm. Because if he did this with someone that was married, I mean, <laughs> there's no stopping Charles. <laughs> no stopping Charles, yeah. Unstoppable. <laughs> we could make a thriller trailer out of this. He is unstoppable. An he's unstoppable force. <laughs> he's out to get you, Charles. In chilled scenes of winter. Chilly. Coming next fall. The fall? Get no, in the winter. The chill. It's in the winter. Uh, the winter. That's the release sense. it in the, the winter, winter, man. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it'll be a trilogy, the chilly scenes of autumn. Oh, chilly oh, scenes. Yeah, 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 of course. That's of like, course. A, like a Homer thing. Eric Homer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Season to season. And every, every three will be like, sir, he's out at it again. Oh, my God. Charles Unleashed. <laughs> Charles Unleashed. <laughs> this time yeah. she wants him. <laughs> See? Yeah. The like stalker gets stalked. Yeah. The stalker gets stalked. <laughs> any any final ideas, thoughts? I think is that's this, pretty much it. Was this the side. only film you saw from Joan? Joan? Ah, this was the only film. Yeah, actually, we didn't have much yeah. time this week. I, I, I recommend other films. Yeah, I'll she see it. She doesn't have a lot, but yeah, pretty good. She did a lot yeah, of lifetime films. Away? Yeah, yeah. In oh. twenty twenty, I think. Yeah. I mean, she lived long life. Pretty long. Yeah. And sadly, John Hurt as well in, in 2017. Oh, yeah, he I died think. in 2017. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, I, saw, I saw some of his... Yeah, yeah, and he kind of resembled Ray Liotta in his later years. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you noticed. I no. always confuse him with another actor that is an Irish actor that plays the protagonist in Barry Lyndon. Well, Barry Lyndon. He has a very similar face to him. I don't even know him. who the actor is. I don't remember his uh, his name, but he's. If you put the two together, it's like, oh my god, it's, their face is like. Oh. <laughs> oh, Charles, what? Charles, oh, same guy. But John Hurd, I think it's a pity that he's not that much known because I think he's a great, great actor. He's very good, very yeah. good. I'm surprised. I mean, I was you, really surprised by his acting. I mean, if you watch Cutter's Way I've, with yeah, Jeff Bridges, it's very, very, never very did. entertaining, very captivating. He's this guy with an eye patch. He's a veteran from uh, from Vietnam. He walks with a with a you know, walkie stick, and he's always drunk and trying to solve a crime of, of uh, a girl who died. And there's probably suspicion from this great kind of uh, entrepreneur guy, and and he's onto him, and he's has these imaginings of the plot. And Jeff Bridges is his his friend, you know, has him at home, and he's insisting, "Don't do this, don't do this." He's always like, "I'm gonna fire him." By the way. Um... Ryan O'Neill is the actor. Ryan O'Neill. Exactly. Is he like O'Neil? <laughs> well known or is he just a guy that Kubrick found as usual? Uh, it like, kind of seems like it. <laughs> you know, he has done other things. Do you know that meme of that terrible film where he says, Oh God, oh man. Oh, oh God, man, oh God, Gremlin. oh man. Isn't that you know, Gremlins that's him, too? I think. That's him. Yeah, I think so. No way. That film is from Go the see 90s. Ryan O'Neill, oh God, oh man. I think it's him. But that's a that's a kid saying it. No, 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 that's, you're th confusing with that film of the goblins where the guy says, yeah, the oh goblin. my god, ah, okay. it's not the same thing. Okay. <laughs> so, what's the so my own man? The beach. <laughs> got an ad, gotta wait for the ad. Oh my god, Jesus Christ, in the spinning camera. <laughs> Come on. That's the best part, spinning camera. <laughs> spinning camera. Oh God, oh man. <laughs> oh man. Ooh. That's so stupid. <laughs> so bad.
The director said, I have a vision for this. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. But that's the thing. Yeah, the very specific yeah, vision. I mean, you can yeah. tell that there's a very strong intention there. It's not. Yeah. It's not unpurposeful. No, no. There is. There is purpose. Now, was it supposed to be funny, stupid? Or I don't know. Probably. But that's always better. You know. When they have, even if, if, even if dumb, they have, to have an intention. Yeah, At least yeah. it's not dumb and dull. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Tommy Wiseau must have directed this. <laughs> You're gonna say, "Oh God, oh man, <laughs> oh God, oh man." Nah, this is this is too advanced for yeah, no. too advanced for Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> I've watched. We're completely far off. Let's go. I mean, now, we need we need these these detours on these the episodes. Detours. I've watched a, a little critic of the room the other day. I just have I was laughing my ass off because mm -hmm. I remember so many moments of the room. They were ridiculous. Yeah. I'm fed up with this world. <laughs> the problem is that now. They yeah. lean too much into it, like uh, Tommy Wiseau and the other guy, Greg, yeah. something. Like they're too much in on the joke. That doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, they just, now they just admit it's a dark comedy. Yeah, it's oh, like, yeah. No, you didn't mean it that way. You're ruining, the, the, you're ruining the, the vibe. You're ruining things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Greg says it was serious. Tommy Wiseau is more like, oh, now I'm going to try to be funny and to be like in on I the mean, joke. I think no. that's his way probably... I'm guessing of dealing with yeah yeah no absolutely with the criticism you yeah. know in a healthy of way course. like I'll think this is comedy fine because if he takes it too hard he's just gonna wreck himself thinking I'm so bad so I kind of yeah. he, yeah, <laughs> he is though he is very bad he is though but like but if let, he... let's not make him think that yeah. but but the thing is you can just be is... an ordinary person doing another job why does he need to be an actor yeah. I mean you don't need to be an actor no the, go the do thing something is, else he's, he's clearly I would be I mean, a, a better actor as he's well. clearly very in love with that thing you know he's very passionate about acting he wants to do it and he's so delusional that he doesn't see that he's not gonna get any better the problem no the thing is that like if he kept just trying to be serious and make serious uh -huh. art he would be more successful because he would make something again very bad that people yeah. would find funny because yeah. he's earnestly trying and failing and that's what's but funny. But has he tried anything but that? I think now he's trying to make like like comedies, like films that are intentionally bad and funny. The one who was best fiends or best friends, but that one Some, was like... That's like a buddy quite... comedy with Greg yeah. or something. It, it just doesn't work. Like that's not what made the room exactly. work is the fact that it's serious. what I know about the plot, he's made to be a weird character. Yeah. There's an awareness about his weirdness, so they, ma they made it fit with the character that he has. Um, which you know may work as you will. You know you may look at it as okay now we, you know, now he works in a in a context, but at the same time you don't have the same vibe or mojo as it would be with the room. Like where his it is latest now. film is called yeah. Big Shark. Big Shark. It's a horror mm. horror horror film. I, again, I have no. I, I'd have to watch it. But my initial just from. First time I'm encountering it. I'm assuming it's like a Sharknado type of thing and it's intentionally uh -huh. bad. Right. Like if that's if that's the thing, it's just not going to work, man. Yeah, because it it's works even better when it's not an, an, you know, an intentional bad. It's like yeah. when you try to get I mean, serious. That's, that's the way oh we like God. it. You know, we like to see people try and fail. <laughs> that's like the human condition. Yeah. <laughs> we find exactly. failure funnier than, you know, purpose failure. He actually says on, on the poster, the creator of the room, like... Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, if you're advertising... I, mean, I, I guess, yeah, yeah I guess. It's, it's it, popular, so you gotta... Yeah. It comes to a point where I think there must be an even worse film than The Room. I don't know. I mean, there are plenty of bad films. Yeah. Like, The Room is entertaining. Yeah, films that's that the are thing. I don't even... The Room is entertainingly bad. 
Because you can That's have bad thing. movies and they're not even entertaining. I mean, it's like, more, okay. I prefer it to a, a boring, completely... B-movie bad up to that. Yeah, I mean, depends. Like, depends on what you want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fox Life, a Fox <laughs> Life movie. Yeah. For example, I mean, Yeah, I there are Fox Life movies, like, even films that I like, that a lot of people wouldn't care about. But, like, these mm-hmm. comedies, bad romantic comedies or romances... That sometimes I put on. I, uh, even then, there are sometimes it's just like it's not so badly made that uh-huh. it's funny. It's just it's just you know shot reverse shot of everything, every line. Yeah, just super bland. It's fucking, not even funny. Sorry. It's just and then bad. the music like every time, and I'm like Jesus fucking Christ, stop this shit, motherfucker! Doesn't work. I cannot stand. Every time I catch my mom saying that, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> the thing is, those films all are all the same, pretty much. Yeah, have the same yeah, fucking. The and then basic when it idea. comes Christmas, it's like all hell breaks know, loose. No, no, let's no, let's no, all of them out. You know, no, all the no, Christmas no, no, movies. No, no, no. Don't don't. Those are don't cool. don't you like those? Those are fish. get cozy. <laughs> those are nice. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I can't. <laughs> no, some of those are, <laughs> some of those are cool. You gotta you gotta enjoy them. You know, the businesswoman who needs to cool down, man. <laughs> She's taking things too seriously. Well, I guess but I'm there's this the cool, then. there's this cute guy. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, I, I own a ranch, man. I want to <laughs> ride my horse. And she yeah. rides the horse and she reconnects with nature. Uh-huh. And suddenly. Oh, my know, God. You really know this, deep. And now, now there's a problem. There's a serious moment where she she must pick between the, the company and the business because yeah. there's a, a a big event coming up. Or between the man and the nature and the her of hometown, course. and of yeah. course by the end, she's riding the horse. Riding the horse, <laughs> no pun intended. And the guy, and the guy, and the guy as well. And then it's on top porn. of the horse. <laughs> on top of the horse. Whoa, that would be hey there. challenging. Hey there. Challenging. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. That is the last line. Whoa, that's challenging, but I'll do it. <laughs> I'm ready for the discoveries. <laughs> That's all for today, folks. If you'd like to reach out and suggest a film for the next episode, you can find us on the podcast official Instagram and Facebook pages. Don't forget to subscribe, share this episode, or simply give us a like. That's how our podcast can grow ever more groovy. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. See ya. See ya. And bye-bye.